Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. So this last fall, I found myself just at the end of myself. Felt like I was trying and trying and trying and everything I was trying wasn't working. And I was worn out from it. Some of you got to experience some of this journey with me. Uh, As a church, we tried something different. We were looking at some trends from the past years and we were like, okay, we're we're gonna try to create more space for kids in our kids ministry. So this past fall, we tried something. We rearranged the whole wing of the building to make this possible, and we added a third kids room. So we would have a nursery, a preschool, and elementary rooms. Well, the, element, the, the preschool and elementary rooms, those worked great. Like more age-specific programming, that's always a win. What didn't go as we envisioned, though, was having the nursery. It just didn't take shape like we had envisioned it. What we did find, though, is that we were overextending ourselves as a team with setup and providing, you know, the team members to care for babies, et cetera, in a, their own designated room, like a nursery. So, okay, we try this, and then we're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to keep trying. We're going to keep trying to figure out how do we best partner with our families to disciple their kids. So we're back like this, all right? Talking about team, another huge responsibility uh, for my my role on our staff team is to lead the staff team. Now, for the last three years, we've had, uh, not the last three years, but last, you know, couple years, we've had some incredible seminary students who are part of that team. Three students have been a part of the team as of late. Hannah is our kids director. Alex, who has previously been serving as our connections resident, he's in kind of a temporary interim role here with us right now, graciously serving. And then also Allie. Allie has been our executive assistant for some time. All of them are incredible people, and all of them are about to graduate, which is awesome for them and a bit terrifying for me, if I'm honest. And seeing what might be changed on the horizon, this past fall I spent I don't know how much time thinking through the different ways that we could staff to meet our needs as a church. I wrote so many different job descriptions. I posted on job boards. I made phone calls trying to find people who could be a part of our team if the need arose. And all of that work felt like it went nowhere because I had like nothing to show for it by November. And as I was trying and trying and trying, what I found myself feeling was just discouraged, deflated, drained. Like, have you ever been there? Have you ever tried really hard at something only to realize it's not working? Or have you ever felt discouraged, deflated, drained? While uh, my my way wasn't working last fall and I I was feeling it, my propensity is just to try harder. Like, if that's not going to work, then we're going to try this, and I'm going to try harder, more effort. But what experience has taught me is that more effort doesn't necessarily mean the result I'm hoping for. What it does mean often is less energy. And that's how I was feeling. But in the middle of all of this, God is so good. And in his grace, he reminded me that his way is better. 
You see, the, the American way might be to like pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and get after it. But God's got a better way, and it's not about production. It, it's more about connection with him. And Jesus reveals God's way, which has been an encouragement to me, and I pray is an encouragement to all of us, not just today, but in the next couple of messages. Because we're going to be camping out in a, a pretty well-known teaching of Jesus. It's John 15. So if you've got a Bible, I'd invite you to turn there with me. In this passage, we're going to be in John 15, 1 through 8 today. Uh, and if you need a Bible, you can, of course, follow along on our church app. In this teaching, Jesus invites us into a very freeing, very full life with him and with the Father. So if, you, if you're worn out, if you're weary, if you are feeling disconnected spiritually, if you're tired of religious activity, if you just want to grow in your faith, I want to encourage you, you came to the right place. This series is for you. This series is for all of us. Because the invitation of Jesus is to connect with him. It's an invitation he extends to all of us. And when we do, we don't find ourselves weary and burdened. We find ourselves experiencing life and life to the full. So let's do this. Let's pray. And let's see what Jesus has to say to us. Lord, we come before you and we are so grateful for your word. Thank you that you speak to us. And every time we open it, we know you're going to speak. So we would just ask that you'd speak now that you'd speak through your word directly, that you'd speak through me in this time, and that we would know you more. And would you breathe fresh life into our lungs and, and give us an energy and an excitement to continue to walk with you, or maybe even to begin walking with you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what we're about to read, a little context, it's from what we know as the final discourse. This is a, a teaching that Jesus gave his disciples the night before he was arrested and then crucified. He was uh, at celebrating Passover with his friends in the upper room, and during the meal, after the meal, he starts just teaching them, like laying it all out there. What is most important? What really matters? He knows. He knows what's coming. His disciples have no clue. He knows what's coming, so he's just given the best teaching he's got. And at the center of that is John 15. We're going to look at the verses, first eight verses together today, where Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Here, Jesus uses a metaphor of a vine and a branch to illustrate to his followers how 
he and they relate together. Jesus is the vine, and we as his followers are the branches. And as a vine is the source of life for a branch, Jesus is the source of life for us. Our fulfillment, our flourishing, our fruitfulness is directly dependent upon our connection with the vine, connection with Jesus. Now, as we read those eight verses, did you hear the repetition of the word remain? In the first eight verses alone, Jesus used that word remain eight times. Eight times in eight verses. If you we keep reading, we would see that in the first 17 verses, he uses it 11 times. Do you think Jesus is trying to make a point? Originally, this was written in Greek. And in the Greek, the word that's translated remain here is the Greek word meno. Okay? Meno also can mean a couple other things. Here's what meno means. Abide, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, last. The NIV, which we just read from, translates that Greek word into the English as either remain or last. The ESV, it's another very popular English translation of the Bible, it translates meno as abide, which I kind of like. Hence, the title of this series. For our purposes today, though, I want to use another word that kind of cap has a bigger, broader meaning. Because when I look at Jesus' teaching here, and when I look at his, that in the context of the rest of his teaching, it really boils down to his desire for a relationship with us. So I want to use the word connect to, to capture what Jesus is inviting us into. Because he wants us to experience a relationship with God, and that comes through connection with him. We actually connect with God through connecting with Jesus. Now, just moments before Jesus talked about how he's the vine and his followers are the branches, Jesus said this about how we can experience a relationship with God. He said this in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, the only way to connect with God is through connection with Jesus. Now, all this talk about connection with Jesus, remaining in him, abiding in him, it begs a question. Are we connected with Jesus? We know that we enter a relationship with Jesus for the, the first time when we receive him as the Savior from our sins, and we declare him as the Lord of our life, the one that we're going to follow. And if you're here today and you're searching for God, and you're searching for, for something, you might not even know that it's God right now. You, you came to the right place. This is a place where you can explore faith in Jesus. You can be a part of this community. You can ask questions. And when you're ready, when you're ready to follow Jesus, my encouragement would be talk to the person who invited you. Talk with a group leader or talk with me. We would love to hear your story. We'd love to celebrate with you and pray with you as you decide to follow Jesus. So we know that, that we begin a relationship with God when we first receive Jesus. And we also grow in our relationship with God through our connection with Jesus. Now, we've, we've all heard the saying, healthy things grow. Just because something's growing doesn't mean it's healthy. Cancer is an example of that. But healthy things should grow. That's the way God designed the cosmos. Well, 
growth in our faith and in the fruitfulness that comes from that, it doesn't come, like, God's goal in, in our growth, in the fruitfulness, isn't our production for him. That's not what he's looking for from us. He's actually inviting us into a relationship with him, a connection with Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in, in verses 4 and 5. He said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our life, our vitality, our fruitfulness is directly connected with how well and how closely we are connected with Jesus. What we see elsewhere in scripture is that this is the fruit of a follower of Jesus. Paul, a follower of Jesus in the first century, would later write this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Like, this is the kind of person we should be, the character qualities we display, how others experience us if we're close with Jesus. But in my effort to just try harder, produce more, make a way, just force whatever the, like, all my effort last fall, it didn't result in these beautiful fruits of the Spirit. What it resulted in was stress, a hurriedness in my relationships, a scatteredness in my thinking. Let me ask you, who wants a stressed, hurried, scattered husband, dad, pastor? But by God's grace, there are some people in my life, people in my community group, people on our staff team, people who love me enough to say, hey, Chris, this is how we're experiencing you. This is kind of the fruit of your life right now. And in so doing, they point me back to Jesus. When our, when our character's off, when the, the fruit in our life is not the fruit we want it to be, it might be a cue that we're not as closely connected with Jesus as we once were. If our lives aren't bearing fruit, or dare I say, our way isn't working, we have to, we have to ask and, and reflect on, prayerfully reflect on, how connected am I with Jesus? Like, how close am I with him? You see, when we're disconnected from Jesus, we're depleted. Because Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. He is our source of life. So if, if vitality doesn't describe us, it actually might be a spiritual problem. As, as a branch can't produce uh, any growth or any fruit by its own effort, we, we are fruitless when we're disconnected from Jesus. He is our life. He is everything for us. Now, when we're disconnected from Jesus, we'll also find ourselves fruitless. Uh, in Jesus' metaphor, God the Father is the gardener. And Jesus says this about God's role in this whole thing. He says, he, God, the gardener, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. Look, here's the deal. Pruning is painful. Like, I've never gone through a season of pruning and thought, that was fun. That was so fun. 
Pruning is painful. But what, I, what I'm realizing is that we got to embrace the pruning process. And what I've been trying to do the last couple of months is really lean into John 15, literally reading John 15 again and again and again. I can't remember how many times I've read this in the last couple of months. Because I just, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to know him more. I read a book uh, called When Your Way Isn't Working. Caught my attention last fall when my way wasn't working. And it's all about John 15 too. So I found that fascinating. I'm listening to people in my life give me feedback on how they're experiencing me. And then what I'm doing is I'm taking all this stuff before God in prayer and just saying, hey God, help me make sense of this. Where am I trying to force my way rather than just surrender and go your way? When we're disconnected from Jesus, we're, we feel depleted, uh, fruitless. And you know what? If it's left unaddressed, we're going to find ourselves hopeless. Not bearing fruit, that's one thing. The, the, the Father will prune us to help us when, when we're attached to the vine, but not bearing fruit anymore. But if, but if we're not even connected to the vine at all, like if we live life apart from God now, we're going to spend eternity apart from God forever. But it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, we, we read this in verse 6. kind of paints the, the dire consequences. Jesus says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. No one wants that to be their story. And God doesn't want that to be our story. But if we're, if we're stuck in our sin, which is the ultimate thing that separates us from God, that disconnects us from him. If, we're, if we remain stuck in our sin, that is where we're headed. But here's the hope that we have for, for sinners like us. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, so we're all in the same boat here, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. While we've sinned and while our sin separates us from God, if we will receive Jesus, his mercy and grace, if we'll receive Jesus, we can connect with God through connecting with Jesus. And if we connect with Jesus now, we'll be in connection with God for all of eternity, something we like to call heaven. Jesus is the true vine. He says that in verse 1, that he's the true vine. But you know what? There are many imitation vines out there. Things that, that promise to bear good fruit in our lives, but, well, experience tells the opposite. In, in that book I mentioned, When Your Way Isn't Working, the, the author, who's a, who's a pastor in Kentucky, he lists some imitation vines that we are prone, that we're susceptible to, Okay. And uh, his name's Kyle Eidelman, and here are some imitation vines that, that he lists. One is the information vine. The information vine promises that if we just get the right information, we'll be able to make the right decisions, and then all will be well. We're in the information age, people. Like, there is more content being created now than ever before in history. And yet, I and others... We are still making horrible decisions at times that are harmful for us and hurtful for others. Uh, there's another uh, vine that's really, really tempting, the politics vine. This vine promises that if we elect the right person, then all's going to be right. They're going to they're make all the right policies, all the right laws. They're going to change, change all the things. 
And that will get our candidate elected. But if our hope is ultimately in that human leader, we're going to be disappointed. I mean, the polls, once, the, once whoever is elected is in office, the polls tell a different story. Not everyone is satisfied with said leader. And you know what? It's, a, it's, a, it's not just a, a, our country thing. This is like a historical pattern. Throughout history, in Bible times, broken people, broken leaders will never lead perfectly. So then it's tempting to look at the, the romance vine. This vine... Is, is definitely appealing. Hollywood loves to pump this vine. If we just can have a relationship with that special someone, they're going to give us the strength we need, the satisfaction we deserve. And then we're in a relationship. We're in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship, and we love that person with all that we are, and yet they still hurt us, and we still hurt them. Or, so that what do we do? Well, we're like, okay, None of that's working. Let's just lean into the me vine. If I just do enough self-help, enough self-care, I'll be self-actualized. We'll be good. Everything will be great. Except when, when we fixate on ourselves, we miss the meaning of life and a whole lot of richness that comes with relationships. So there's these imitation vines, and there's a, probably a gazillion others. These are just a couple popular ones. They're these imitation vines, and at their very best, they're going to only produce imitation fruit. Jesus, and only Jesus, is the true vine. He is our source of life, our source of satisfaction, growth, and fruitfulness. So, how do we connect with Jesus? As we're seeing in John 15, the first thing is this. Be the branch by being with Jesus. Jesus is very clear in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's the vine. We're the branches. As a branch, we have one and only one responsibility. Stay connected to the vine. It's not, we're not trying to grow ourselves. We're not trying to make an impact by our own strength. Our one responsibility is connect with the vine. Connect with Jesus. Our focus is on connection, not production. And that sounds great, but it is really hard for me. Really, really hard for me. I love to get after it. I love to work hard. And my tendency is to try to just do more. Even at the gym, if I've got time to go to the gym, what I want to do is I just want to like work out, right? Get stronger or faster or whatever the thing is. The last thing I want to do is go sit in a sauna. But you know what? I'm trying that. And here's why. This might sound ridiculous, might sound privileged. Just roll with me for a sec, okay? In my life, there's a lot going on. Family of five, a lot of activity at home, my phone's buzzing. Uh, there's all these different things. And I'm always listening to something while I'm in the car or what, whatever. The sauna is the only place in my life that's consistently quiet. So what I'm trying is a couple times a week, to sit in the sauna for just like 10 minutes. It is incredibly hard for me because I don't have my AirPods in, I don't have my phone in hand, I just sit there. Me, in silence, with God, in a really hot room. And as I sit there, I'll pray a very simple prayer. Uh, it's a prayer I didn't come up with. 
Uh, it was inspired for me through uh, something that John the Baptist said about Jesus in John 3.30, where John the Baptist said, he, Jesus, must become greater and I must become great. I must become less. He must become greater. I must become less. So as I'm sitting there in the sauna sweating, I will just breathe in and say, Jesus become greater and may I become less. Jesus become greater and may I become less. I'm just trying to embrace being the branch, just being with Jesus. And in the simplest of ways, be conscious of the breath that he fills my lungs with. And it's hard for me, but it's a small, simple way that I'm just trying to be with Jesus. Another way we can be with Jesus is what we call chair time. Chair time is when we read our Bible and when we pray, we reflect, we get to know Jesus and we talk with him. This past week as a church, we did a week of prayer and all these different passages and prayer prompts in the app, and we were going through that together in our chair times. And I loved it. It was so great. But you know what? Just because the week of prayer is like over, it doesn't mean our connection with Jesus should stop. So we're going we're gonna to try something different this week, and I want to invite you to join me and be a part of this. You don't have to go read the whole book when your way isn't working, though I recommend it. It was a good book. It challenged me, inspired me. There is a, a Bible reading plan in the YouVersion Bible app called When Your Way Isn't Working. And we're going to go through that Bible reading plan this week together as a church, whoever wants to be a part. And the reason you're going to want to go through it all you know, collectively together with us is because if you go through the plan together, you can comment, you can share, you can ask questions, you can pray for one, all in the comment section of the plan that we're going to be going through together. So if, if you want like a reason to, to get into scripture and do it with others where you can be encouraged by the fact that others are, are reading and praying and thinking about the same things you are, join us for this Bible plan. It's just five days this week. So it's, it's not going to change the world, but it might change your life. If you want to do the Bible plan, it's very easy. Go to our church app. There's a tile there with a link. You can click the link and it'll bring you to the YouVersion app, which will then... Uh, get you into the plan, and we can, that starts tomorrow. It'll be good. All right, how are we going to connect with Jesus? We're going to be the branch by being with Jesus, and two, trust the gardener in his pruning process. Uh, pruning's painful. I don't think I need to convince you of that. What I've been learning in my study of this passage, though, and in my personal life experience, is that God's grace is all over the pruning process. Again, let's read verse two. He the father, the gardener, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. The word that's translated here, cuts off, is the Greek word iro. All right? That word can mean cuts off. It can also mean lifts up. Very different meanings. Both are valid translations. Cuts off is how uh, most English translations translate that word here. So the idea is that, that the father, the gardener, is cutting off any branch that's like attached to the vine but, but is withering, it's dying. So he cuts it off and then new life can grow. Very valid translation, very valid understanding. God could definitely work in that way. And you could also translate this passage based on the meaning of the Greek word, something like, he lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. And in my study, I'm starting to find that translation pretty intriguing, and here's why. 
I don't know a lot about gardening. It's not, I don't have a green thumb. It's not like a hobby of mine at all. But as I have been reading, what I've come to find is that when a gardener finds a, a branch that, has, that is still attached but is withering, struggling, what he does is he'll, he'll pick it up from the dirt, untangle it from any weeds, and then he'll intertwine it with other branches, healthy branches that are connected to the vine. Why would a gardener do that? To restore it, to provide structure around it so that it can grow and be healthy once again. And that makes me think of what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 4. For these are verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. If you've been beaten down by life, if you're worn out, if you're at the end of yourself, if your way isn't working, what would it look like if you let the gardener just lift you up and intertwine you with some other branches that are connected to the vine? are connected with Jesus. At Connect, that could look like joining a community group. A community group is a group of people that come together throughout the week to encourage one another, to pray for one another. We talk about the same Bible passage that was preached on the Sunday before, and it's a great opportunity to surround yourself with others who are going to point you to Jesus and help you as you grow in him. You know, elsewhere, Jesus promised in Matthew 18, 20, he said, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. The reason we keep beating this drum for Jesus-centered community is because we encounter him, we experience him, we grow in him through our relationships with one another. It's how God designed us. So if you want to join a group or find out more, you can check out our church app. You can Talk to me or anyone else, pretty much, who's part of Connect Church because many of us are in groups. Many of us are trying to follow Jesus together because following Jesus is better together. The third component of connecting with Jesus and experiencing this life that he's describing in John 15 is this. Bear much fruit as his disciple. We're going to talk more about the fruit we bear next week, but it is important to note that Jesus is clear If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It just happens. It's a byproduct. Verse 8, he says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, it's not that Jesus is like anti-production. It's just that he's pro-connection. And what Jesus knows is that it's from our connection that any production, meaningful production actually flows. Any meaningful production healthy fruit that's going to be born in our life is going to come from that relationship we have with him, from our abiding in him. The, the challenge is, is often we get things transposed and mixed up and we try to produce and earn rather than just embrace and abide. But that's the invitation of Jesus to all of us today, to abide in him, to remain in him, to connect closely with him. In a 
as we close, I want to read a couple of paragraphs, not chapters. Chapters would be a lot of reading. A couple of paragraphs from this book, When Your Way Isn't Working. And to do so, the words aren't going to come up on the screen, so I would invite you, close your eyes and just picture this process with me. Uh, It's a gardening process that Kyle Eidelman describes, and I'm just going to read it for you now. Picture this. When your way isn't working, and you feel discouraged, frustrated, anxious, or worn out, just be the branch. The process of grafting reminds us that connection is always possible. When a gardener connects a disconnected branch, he strips the branch clean of anything unhelpful. The twigs, the shoots, the leaves, all that remains is a stick. Then he takes that stick and connects it to the vine with a very particular technique. He cuts a wedge into the vine. He damages the vine so that the stick can be reconnected. Do you want to know what that technique is called? It's called bleeding. The gardener joins together the stick and the vine in that place where the vine had been cut, where it's bleeding. The vine bleeds, therefore, or thereby making a way for a stick to become a branch. Over time, the nutrients from the vine eventually move into the branch, causing it to bear fruit again. Just in case you're not tracking with the metaphor, Jesus bled so that sticks could become branches, and branches could bear good fruit. As the true vine, Jesus makes a way for sticks that have fallen off, that seem to have no purpose and no hope to become branches again. Jesus' death on the cross is the one thing, the only thing that makes connection possible. You can open your eyes. When our way isn't working, and we're at the end of ourselves, we're worn out, we're drained, we're depleted, may it be our cue to connect more closely with Jesus. As I've made this my focus, connecting with Jesus, being with him, experiencing the life that he brings and offers, what I'm noticing is that my stress level is going down, my hurriedness is less, I'm a little less scattered. I'm not there yet, not even close, but I've noticed a reduction in those feelings and I've noticed more joy in my life, more love for others, more peace, peace. My circumstances haven't changed much, but how I'm experiencing them has been. And it's not because of anything I'm doing, it's because of Jesus. I realize I'm a a sinner and I need God's grace. And more than anything, I want to connect closely with Jesus. So what's true of me can be true of you too. And when our way isn't working, the answer isn't more production. It's closer connection. So what would that look like for us this week? Let me pray. Lord, thanks for this. Thank you that that we don't have to do anything. It's just simply an invitation you extend to us to be the branch. Would you help us to be a branch this week? And if we need to be grafted in, would you graft us in? If we need pruning, would you help us to embrace that pruning process? If there is growth and fruit in our lives, would we give you the glory for it? And we thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you for connecting us with God and the growing relationship we get to have with him. It's in your name we pray. Amen.